Hello, how are you? Hope you're doing well. Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay Smith. That's Gerald Bourget. On a scale of one to ten, how you feeling, Gerald? I'm like at a negative two right now. <laughs> you, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm like hanging on by a thread. I'm running on the molecules that make up fumes right now. Like we're we're struggling through it, but we're gonna get through this show to close the week. Yes, it's not the Friday that we were hoping to have, but it is a Friday nonetheless. Mm. Hopefully, you guys also have a great weekend ahead of you. But let's talk a little bit about. Phoenix Suns and the exit interviews that they held today, mm-hmm. because that's the last time we get to talk to them until next season, outside of maybe a couple moments here and there, maybe around summer league or if they do something in the community, things of that nature. Yeah. Well, for some, it was supposed to be the last time. We talked right. To them. So we know that Devin Booker did not talk to the media last night mm-hmm. and we thought it was fine because, you know, give him the night off. He'll talk at exit interviews today. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do that either. So the question is, and I think there's a huge debate happening on social media around this right now. How much stock are you putting into this? Was this a bad move by book? Is it fine? Is it forgivable? Where do you land? Yeah, I mean, I will say, obviously, whatever I say is going to be taken a certain way because I am a member of the media. And I think in these circumstances, there are fans that are always asking, like, you guys are the only ones that want to know these things or you guys are the only ones that are asking for this and um, it shouldn't be a part of what they have to do after a tough loss. And I I totally understand the human element of it. Like Book is a world-class competitor um, and he played pretty bad the last two games of the series, another elimination game where he struggled. Um, And there was a lot that went wrong in this series in terms of giving him the support that he needed. So on a human level, I totally understand the frustration and not wanting to talk to us, which is why I gave him a pass last night. Mm -hmm. But when you have two opportunities to speak to the media, which is part of your contract, um, and you are the face of the franchise, this is what comes with that. And he has, to this point, been very good about doing exactly that. Win or loss for years on 23-win teams, 20-win teams, he was always there in the locker room addressing what went wrong in the game. And that takes its toll on you, for sure. But, like, you are the star of a team that has Kevin Durant now. You just played one of the greatest postseason runs in NBA history, let alone Suns history. And we've got a lot of questions, like, how is your foot? What is your take on what went wrong in this series? What went wrong for you personally if your foot was okay in the last two games? Like, how do you view this upcoming offseason? Where do you see this team's future outlook? What needs to improve? Like, we have so many questions to ask, and it's not just us that want to know these answers. And he had two opportunities to do so. And by not doing so, he opens himself up to a ton of criticism because people are going to uh, say it's an indictment of his leadership. It's, you know, question whether he even wants to be here, which I don't think it's that. Yeah, that was the biggest one that took us all by storm today. But it's like this could have been avoided if you just kind of uh, answer some questions. Like it's not I understand that this stuff can be taxing, that he has to do it a lot throughout the course of the season, all of that stuff. But like it's part of the job. And um, after the way that the season ended for the second year in a row, you are the face of the franchise. You're the leader of this team. You need to face the music, so to speak. Um, it's not a huge deal. It's going to be made into a much bigger deal than it actually is, but we're not going to hear from him for months mm-hmm. now. And we're not going to get any insight on how he's feeling physically, how he's feeling <laughs> mentally, emotionally, his faith in the organization, any of that stuff. So it, it's pretty disappointing, honestly. 
Yeah, so Priscilla in the chat said answers or not, Book was going to get criticized regardless. You're correct in that. He's going to get criticized for the way that this team fell apart in game six, for um, the numbers that he puts up in elimination games. All of that's going to be on the table in, in terms of talking points throughout the offseason when he's brought up. But this adds to that mm -hmm. conversation now, where what would have been like, one conversation has now turned into five or six conversations that will be had around Devin Booker, his lack of leadership, or mm -hmm. does he want out? Is he committed? All these different types of things. And that's the unfortunate part about this is from the human side, like you said, I understand why Devin doesn't want to talk to anybody right now. Like that's got to suck. Ima we were all feeling awful last night. Yes. Imagine how he's feeling. It's exactly. 10 times worse than what we were feeling. But... Mm. At the same time, you are the leader of this team. You do have a responsibility to speak about it. And it's just going to add, again, it adds more fuel to the fire for people to start nitpicking and tearing him apart, tearing the Suns team apart. And it's not a good look overall. No, it's not a good look. And it just, it opens himself up to the type of criticism over stupid shit like the Raptors mascot thing or the no double teams in pickup, all yeah. this dumb shit that people keep circling back to and trying to call Book a front runner. And he's not like but when you do things like this, you give them more ammo for right. their arsenal. And exactly. I understand there are people in the chat saying Book needs a break. He did everything he could in the series. Like, I get giving himself a pass. So do I. That was last night. You got your pass last night. Yeah. You have to address the media, like, after a loss like that. You, it's just part of the job. It comes with the territory. Like, it is what it is. He had his opportunity last night. Didn't take it. Had one again today because he said hello to us as he walked past to go uh, do his exit interview with James Jones. And we assumed that he would come back and talk to us because it wasn't like he was pissed off or, like, looking like he was in a dark place. Um, so it's one of those things you just, you have to do what comes with the territory. Yeah. And that's, we're not knocking book as a human being. Like no. We know who Devin is. You, like you had mentioned earlier, Devin was the one and only reliable person that you could count on in the darkest of days as Suns fans and media members within that space mm -hmm. who would talk to you every single time. Yep. He would give you full answers to every single question, no matter how badly they just got their asses kicked. Mm hmm so it's out of character for Devin, which means, of course, he's probably feeling way worse than he even did back then in, in those times, which were pretty rough. Mm. Um, but again, it's the narratives that this creates nationally beyond the local space because local media knows who Devin is. Right. Right. We're not going to sit there and, and tear this man apart for not wanting to talk about an awful place. But again, it, it just makes it worse across national media and other fan bases. And we hate that for us. Yep. Uh, we did get a super chat from Peyton. Thanks, Peyton. They asked, does Devin Booker need an attitude adjustment before he can win a championship? Or not an attitude adjustment. Does he need to adjust his attitude? I don't, I don't know. That's a hard thing to answer until we see him win a championship or go his whole career without winning one. Like, I, I don't think... Attitude is the reason why he played poorly last night. I don't think attitude is the reason why his teammates couldn't make shots or help him out on the offensive end. I don't think attitude is why Kevin Durant played very un-Kevin Durant-like for the fourth time in six games. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to 
infer things from the Suns situation based on who's at the top of the hierarchy, and that's Booker. Um, and there's no question that losing for the second year in a row in an elimination game at home in embarrassing fashion yeah. is not a good look for him, especially when he didn't play well and then declined to say anything about it afterwards and was given two opportunities to do so. So I, I do think he did not handle this situation well. Um, and there's definitely room for growth in that. But like, I, I don't know if his attitude is even in the top 10 of the list of Sun's biggest problems right now. Yeah. All right. So there's your uh, conversation around Devin Booker just because things are getting a little bit crazy on the Internet. Oh, one last thing I do want to add. Mm -hmm. Devin's not going to ask for a trade, y'all. If yeah. you are worried about well, Devin <laughs> asking for a trade simply because he did not talk to the media two times in a row. Right. I don't know what to tell you, no. but it's not happening. Trust me. Right. Okay? It's not happening. This team just traded for Kevin Durant. Like, yeah. I know they have a ton of work to do in the offseason to get to championship level, but like his organization is clearly trying to give him help. Yeah. And he's not obtuse to that. He's always said he wants to do it here in Phoenix. This is going to be his best opportunity to do so. He doesn't want to trade. The Suns aren't trading him. You think you're crazy if you think that. Yeah. So. That's He's that. just upset. And we also know, we even talked about this when Kevin, when the Kevin Durant trade went down, that at some point in time, and it'll be this offseason, and now that's a whole other can of worms that we're not going to get into right now, but you have to retool this roster mm -hmm. around now having Devin and KD on your team. Yes. So... He's gonna he's gonna be here for that. Yep. He is. Anyway, moving right on along, uh, I do want to tell you guys about our friends over at Pins and Aces. They are the official golf apparel partner of PHNX and All City. They are a local, a family-owned golf and apparel business, and they make amazing accessories um, from polos to hats to golf bags and even beer sleeves as well. They've got a lot of really cool products on their website. Mm -hmm. So make sure you guys check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That again is pinsandaces.com. Also, Teacher Appreciation Week is coming to an end. It's Friday. So get your nominations in ASAP over at 4peaks4teachers.org to nominate a teacher or to donate. 4peaks is allowing teachers to win grants, 4peaks swag, and a grand prize of a custom makeover of their teacher's lounge at school. But they have to be nominated in order to win those prizes. So nominate them again at 4peaks4teachers.org. Also check out at 4peaks Brew and at 4peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do have to be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks, and we ask that you drink responsibly. Okay. There has been a lot of talk and will continue to be a lot of talk around certain members of this Phoenix Suns organization, specifically Chris Paul, DeAndre Inn, and Monty Williams. Yep. Let's start first with Monty Williams uh, at Exit Interviews today. Here's what he had to say about job security in the NBA. You know what? It's, it's something that um, I can sit here and give you the – you know, normal NBA speech, like I don't worry about my job and all that stuff. And it's not something I, I worry about, but it is part of the economy. Um, when you look at really good coaches um, who've lost their jobs shortly after winning a championship, right. you know, that's something that is just different about um, our business. Um, but I, I've always felt like I have to do my job, not worry about it. But you do scan the landscape and see what's going on, and you know that it can be a part of anybody's tenure, you know. And so from my perspective, 
you do the best you can and um, if things don't turn out the way you want them to you can you can sleep and rest because you did the best you could and that's all you can do but I'm, I'm not close-minded to what I've seen around the league a lot of these guys who lost their jobs they're good friends of mine and, um, I know the types of coaches they are and the types of people they are so it's just a part of our our NBA economy yeah, so I don't know. People can read into that however they like. Um, but he's basically acknowledging the fact that nothing is guaranteed. Uh, you know, we just saw Mike Budenholzer and Nick Nurse get fired in the last mm-hmm. couple of months, and those are two coaches that have won championships. Uh, so Monty is by no means safe in this scenario. Uh, it doesn't sound like he has any indication about his you know, contract being nixed this season because he did just receive a contract extension that starts here soon. Um, and it will be expensive if they do fire him to pay off the rest of that contract. What I think but, Gambo was saying somewhere between twenty and thirty million dollars, right, roughly. Right. Um, but yeah, he's he's very aware of the fact that nothing is promised, and that when you lose two straight uh, elimination games in that embarrassing fashion at home, like you're you're not guaranteed anything. Yeah, I wonder though. Help me understand this if you even know. So mm-hmm. if a coach is let go, obviously under contract, the team is on the hook for paying out that contract. Mm-hmm. But are there not caveats as far as if they take another job with NBA, some of that money doesn't get paid out anymore? Because correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that's why when Earl Watson was let go from the Suns as the head coach, he kind of went away from coaching for a couple of years and then he returned because there was the, if he had taken another job, he wouldn't receive the full amount of money from the sons that he was owed. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent crystal clear on that, but I think you're right in remembering that with Earl Watson's deal. Um, And I I would assume it it would be similar across the board that that's kind of a clause that's within majority of these contracts. It could. It might just depend on the contract, honestly. Um, That's the unfortunate thing is we don't know a ton about NBA head coaching contracts or the details or how they work compared to like player salaries and whatnot um, because it's not part of their cap sheet or, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, that could be the case. I I don't want to speculate one way or the other, but... um, it could be a situation where Monty is just getting paid a good like eight to ten million a year for a couple of years to be an assistant somewhere, mm-hmm. right in that uh, that resi- that royalty or their residuals. So. Which that is something that I did say um, when the whole Robert Sarver thing was kind of we were in the middle of all of that, and then these extensions for both James Jones and Monty Williams came through, mm-hmm. is that he at <clears> least <throat> set those two guys mm-hmm. up for a long term payments. At least, if not, I don't want to say success entirely, but uh, success within receiving payments from right. the team because Gee. that complete like it it avoids whatever Matt Ishbia is wanting to change. Right, James and Monty insulated themselves for sure with the extensions yes. that they got, and and good for them because honestly, as much as this moment and this week sucks right now, mm-hmm. like I don't want it to be lost on anyone, especially if James or Monty gets the axe of how instrumental they've been in what the Suns have become because we, we saw a few comments on Twitter about the Suns culture and it being fake and all this other stuff and how they skip steps and um, you know tried to buy their way to a championship or whatever and like I'm sorry but that's just ignoring everything that came over the last decade and how miserable Suns fans were and how miserable this organization was for a decade until they came into the picture and turned things around and 
look, playoff failure sucks. It hurts for sure for an entire fan base, for an entire city. But this is so much more preferable to where we were five, ten years ago when they could barely win Four 20 years games. ago even. Yeah. Like, this team is in the playoffs perpetually. They're a mm-hmm. team that's expected to have title, to be a title contender. Like, that's all that we would have asked for back then. And um, this is an organization that's been here for 55 years as a franchise and in just four years, Monty is already in the top four coaches for regular season wins and top two for playoff wins. So I know that right now we're wondering, has he reached his ceiling with this group? Same thing for James Jones. But I don't want anybody to forget that like this current era of basketball that we are enjoying right now doesn't happen without those two. Um, and then I think you know, we're not going to win a championship every year. That's just not reality. 29 teams go home disappointed. If we can't enjoy the stuff along the way that's enjoyable, um, then what are we even doing here? Yeah. And at the end of the day, we can recognize what they brought to this franchise and this organization and still want to make a change for the future if we think that is the best move. So like both multiple things can be true at mm-hmm. the same time. The same with the Devin Booker conversation where you can see his side of it and you can see the other side of it as well. Within all of this, multiple things can be true at the same time and we right. don't have to be mean about it. I think that's the biggest thing, mm-hmm. um, which I know the internet is really mean right now, especially a lot of it is directed at us as Suns <laughs> fans. <laughs> yeah, yes. I will recommend maybe if you just need a little bit of a break this weekend to just like deactivate twitter from your phone go play tears of the kingdom that's what i'm going to be doing (laughs) go get the new legend of zelda game and play that oh my goodness uh russell said something is wrong with culture though lack of heart is troubling i don't know if that's a culture thing or if it's like i hate that use of the word to describe anything that has to do well, with culture could mean results. a few different things right we've seen what happens when son's culture is not good we've seen players throw towels in their head coaches faces we've seen uh players talk shit about the fans in the arena like in the locker room after a loss we've seen terrible losing mentality and losing ways and veterans come here and just give up on the season a month in that's Mm. bad culture to me last night yes there there are questions about mental toughness there are questions about whether preparation preparation, whether monty gets through to the players still but like i don't i don't know if you can chalk that up to culture because the culture here is good they just lost to a team that was better like let's Give Mm -hmm. the Nuggets their props. They were a better, more well-rounded team. And that's what it comes down to, especially when you're missing two starters and the guy that you brought here to be your other superstar doesn't play like one. Right. And Michael said, no, they got burnt out. I mean, that could also be a factor within it as well. There's there's a lot of nuance to this and there's a lot of things that could come into play. There could be some cultural Mm -hmm. issues, but... I don't think that is solely to blame in what happened to the Suns this year and or last year, Mm. to be completely honest with you. All right, let's talk about Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. But first, spring is here. I know it's Mother's Day this upcoming weekend. A lot of people are graduating. If you are looking for a fun place to celebrate, check out Octane Raceway and Mavericks. They've got kart racing, VR, axe throwing. They've got bowling, arcade games, everything you need for a great afternoon. So book some fun this spring at Octane Raceway and Mavericks. Um, They've got great food and drinks as well. Tons of different events throughout the summer. Check out OctaneRaceway.com. 
and mavericks.com to learn more. Also, if you're looking for a nice place to sit out on a patio this weekend and enjoy some great food and drinks, Illegal Pete is your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer on the patio. Stop into either their Tucson or Tempe locations for a house beer bucket for you and the whole crew. You get five pints for $15. So soak up the sun with a loaded burrito and a crisp beer on the patio. All right. Manny sent us a super chat. They said, Nuggets fans over Mavs fans win a play-in. LOL. (laughs) Um, I do think that it is really funny. Like Nuggets fans hate us. Oh yeah, they do. Like they despise us. But Mavs fans are more petty about they just, their they, hatred. They laugh at us. Nuggets fans, this is their vindication for yeah. two years ago. And they've been waiting for this moment. They've remembered every Suns and Four chance. Yeah. They've gone to bed with it playing in their headphones. Like they're they're I don't want to say obsessed <laughs> with the Suns, but like this, this was their it's no it's not their championship because they want to win an actual championship and they have a chance to do so. But like, but it's like basically if they it. don't, they will always have this to latch on to now. Um, which, there are more Mavs fans in all of our combined mentions <clears throat> than there are Nuggets fans. Yeah. And Nuggets are the one who beat us. Right. Yeah. Which I just find absolutely hilarious. They like, had to find a way to bring back the Luca staring yeah. up at Devin Booker meme oh somehow. So so funny though. I mean, listen, I don't blame you. Like, get your laughs in, get your digs in. I'm not mad at it. I just find it hilarious. Anyway, now yeah. that I've gone off on that tangent, yeah, that's fine. let's talk about Chris Paul and DA. So first and foremost, we got a report from ESPN's Tim McMahon where he mentioned Monty, CP3, and DA. So let me break down what he said. Okay. Mm-hmm. First, he wrote, quote, some sources with other NBA teams have expressed a belief that the changes could include a reorganization of the Suns front office and potentially even put Williams job in jeopardy. Then he went on to write, quote, the Suns are expected to explore what they might get if they traded Chris Paul before making a decision on his contract. Mm -hmm. And finally, around DeAndre, and he wrote, Quote, sources told ESPN that Aiton's teammates have shared their coach's frustration with what they perceive to be inconsistent effort and aggression from the seven-footer. Aiton would be excited about a fresh start with another franchise, sources told ESPN. The Suns are expected to aggressively explore the trade market for him this summer, again, league sources said. Now, that's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. But... The biggest thing that I took from this, reading this, and then watching exit interviews is that it kind of contradicts what DA said today, right? A little bit? Yeah. Well, yeah, 100%. Like, this report came out this morning, and so DA was asked about it and whether he uh, still likes playing here, whether he'd be open to a trade elsewhere, and this is what he had to say. Man, I love Phoenix, man. Um, Honestly, I'm going to continue playing Archie Phoenix. I keep repping Phoenix like I always been repping Phoenix, and that's about it. I don't listen to the outside noise. I'm here. I'm happy. We didn't finish off the season the way we wanted to, but it's always next year. And, you know, this summer is just more work. You know, we just got to do a little bit more work. And you know, um, NBA teams are getting smarter and tougher. It's harder to win in the NBA, so there's a lot to, to focus on this summer. Man. So he likes playing in Phoenix still, um, he said in the most morose, somber tone that I've ever heard. But like, I don't know, man. I 
it wouldn't surprise me if he's ready to move on because I think so many people in this equation are ready to move on. I think if you are in the camp that DA is misunderstood, that he doesn't get the touches he wants on offense, that the sun system has held him back, you want DA to move on because the relationship has gotten toxic and you want to see what he can do elsewhere and just free himself from the clear mental burden that we see mm -hmm. uh, whenever he speaks to us lately these days. If you're in the camp that DA is inconsistent with his effort and his energy and the Suns are paying too much money to a max center that they could find what he does for like a third of the price. You want him to move on so that you can add depth to the roster and rebuild about around Kevin Durant and book. Um, so I really do. I love DA as a person. Yeah. I, I don't know how much room he has to grow here. Um, I think individually he'll probably put up 20 and 12 on his next team. If he's a focal point, I think that team will probably win around 30 to 35 games. And I don't, it might just be time for everyone to move on. I think the Suns. you look at a guy like Kevon Looney, what he's doing for the Warriors and the salary that he's getting compared to a DA, that's, that's all the Suns need. They need a rim protector. They need a defender. They need someone who's going to play with effort and hit the glass and set screens and do all those little things. And I don't know that DA brings that consistently at this point. It just feels like the relationship has been fractured and frayed by um, outside sources by just internal frustrations and it just feels mm -hmm. like for everyone's sake it might be best if they move on and make a trade this summer I think one of the two of them needs to go um, Monty or DA mm -hmm. I don't I just don't think it's it's healthy mm -hmm. I think that they're both able to set aside whatever differences they may have had in the past or currently ha have mm -hmm. but I still think it's an awkward and uncomfortable at times situation so I, I just don't think that there's any fully, there's no full way to repair that relationship back to what it was before it was broken. So yeah. one of them needs to go. Yeah. I, I, and I think in terms of ceiling, like if you fire Monty and replace him with another coach, um, you know, maybe that makes the difference and you keep the roster relatively the same. Maybe that does make a difference, but I think the ceiling is higher if you trade DA because as much as his contract is a big contract and people are down on his value right now, he still has value around the league. Like other teams are going to look at uh, him and think, okay, maybe the Suns held him back. Maybe a change mm -hmm. of scenery is what he needs to, you know, flip the switch. And so they're they're going to talk themselves into it because he is still young. He still yeah. has potential. He still has a skill set. Always general managers out there and coaches out there who think that they can be the one who changes the guy, right? Who who finally helps it click for them. Yes, I can and fix DA him. still has right. potential. So there are going to be people who think that. Right. So there'll be a somewhat robust market, I think, for his services, even on that contract. And I think if you trade him and you get a starting caliber center who does those little things that I talked about, and maybe another shot creator of some sort, some wing depth, um, some bench depth, like an actual sixth man instead of an eighth or ninth man, like you're in a better spot. Um, mm -hmm. and that's why when I came up with trade scenarios for DA last, last, uh, deadline and the deadline before that, everybody was looking at the center that they were getting in return and like, he's nowhere near as good as DA. No, he's not. But you, that's the, but that's what you're going to get. on a lesser salary and you just need a guy to do the little things. Like look at the teams that have won titles over the last few years, nothing against Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, but like those teams haven't won a title yet. You can win a title with an average center who just defends and rebounds. So 
I, I don't think they ever wanted to pay him that max in the first place. I think they were well, I blame forced them into entirely it. for that whole situation. I think they bungled down. They screwed that up. They bungled it they the did. first summer. Last summer, they did what they had to do because they right, got but we wouldn't have been sheet. in that last summer. No, had know. they not? I know. But I'm saying last summer, they did what they had to because of the situation they put themselves in. You have to match that contract and then try to trade him later um, instead of just losing him for nothing and not getting any cap space out of it. So they're still in a position to move him and get something out of him. Um, but it, it's not going to be easy. The return is not going to be what you would expect for a number one overall pick. And I think people will probably need to wrap their heads around this as we go into it. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, but beyond that, he also had a couple other things to say today during yes. his interviews. And one of them was around blocking out the haters, yeah. basically, right? As easy to ignore. Um I, mean, I let the peanut gallery keep going, and then I shut them up with my performance. But, um, you know, like I say, having my family and putting God first and having teammates that know you and help you with your mental is big. And I don't take that for granted. And um, that's, the, that's the main reason why I can sit up in the guy's face talking to you guys, because I know the type of team I have behind it. Did he just call us a peanut gallery? I don't know if it was for us or for the people on Suns Twitter that tag him after every game and say some really nasty shit. But um, I wanted to get his thoughts on this because, you know, after what was it game two or game three when he really struggled and was down in the locker room and, um, you know, there were guys on the Suns bench that had to pick him up because they were closing with Jock Landale. Mm -hmm. Like you just got the sense that everything was weighing on his mind and not just the way that he played or the fact that there were some boo birds out in the arena for him. Like he just, he gets the brunt of criticism, him and Landry Shamit more than anybody on the team. And so I was curious, like, what is your, how do you approach this mentally? How do you block out or deal with the outside noise and criticism? And on paper, what he said is encouraging. He said he doesn't pay attention to it, but the notion that he, you know, I'm going to let the peanut gallery talk and shut them up with my performance. He didn't do that though. Yeah. Like the I peanut mean, gallery is at an all time high in terms of volume and frequency. And it's because of your performance. Yeah. Like I, I just, I feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, I, again, I think there's a lack of self-awareness when it comes to who he is and what he brings to the table. And I think a lot of what DA says too is what he wants to be as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He speaks about himself in the sense of what he thinks he can become or what his potential could be. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately though, it doesn't always hit. Mm -hmm. And with a question like that though, I mean, to be completely honest, you're not going to get a true answer from him. The only people you might get a true answer from as far as what it's been like playing in the world of social media are people who are now retired. They might give you a true answer, but nobody in the middle of their career is going to be like, yeah, it hurts my feelings when I log on Twitter and I have all these mentions of people just like wishing the worst upon me. I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like who a lot said, of I feel like a lot that, of though? I feel like a lot of guys in the league have been very forthcoming about mental health stuff and about yeah, how mental that health takes for a toll. sure. No, the social like, media component to it too. I feel like there have been players and DA, if anyone in the NBA is gonna tell you how they're actually feeling and be upfront and honest, it's DA. So I don't I I feel like it was a it was a fair question, and I feel no. Like, it's a fair question. I just I don't like, know that 
I, I don't know. I think there's there's few players who would give you like true insight into what that is. There are few, but I think DA is one of them. And I think he, again, I think there's a lack of self-awareness and a lack of self-perception with this type of stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, again, I feel bad for the guy. I do too. But his performance was not what he thinks that it was if he was trying to shut people up. It, it was the opposite of that. And honestly, that's another reason why if you were to make a move this offseason and if you were James Jones or Matt Ishbia or whomever weighing the pros and cons of it does, does it need to be Monty? Does it need to be DA? Does it need to be both? Hmm. This fan base has already made up its mind for the most part about how it feels about DeAndre. And, and I don't know that that changes even if DA comes out and just absolutely balls out consistently every night. Right. I don't and know that it fully changes. And I don't think And I feel bad for him, so I kind of want him to have a fresh start. Yeah, and I don't I don't I think he's hit his ceiling here like in terms of the, what the expectations are, his role, all that type of stuff and, and his skill set too. Like I think he needs a different system for his, to try and develop his skill set, be thrown in the fire like I said, be on a 30 to 35 win team and be a, be in a place where you can make a ton of mistakes. The Suns are contending for a title right now. They don't have time to wait for DA to suddenly decide like, "Oh, I know how to dribble now" or "Oh, I can attack in the short roll or I can do this or that." Like they they just don't have the time for him to figure things out. And the last 2 years from that 2021 finals run, we've seen growth in some areas and we've seen major regression in others. Like his hook shot and his mid-range shot that were so automatic last year, both down this year. The energy, the effort, the offensive rebounding. Like you could look at so many different areas where it speaks to, okay, he wasn't consistently engaged. And last year, we kind of were able to sweep it aside because when the playoffs started in that Pelican series, he was fantastic. And we're like, okay, here he is, playoff DA, he's back. And then the Mavs series happened. And then we did the same thing this year. And in both series, he was not great. So it's one of those things where, okay, I, I think we've passed the point of no return where we can continue to be like, okay, playoffs, he'll, he'll turn it around then. Well, it didn't happen this year. So now what? Yeah. Whale has hello in the chat said, oh man, that means Trade Machine Tuesday is back this off season. <sighs> and I'm really upset that you reminded me of that. I thought Hello. we had a few more weeks before we were here. Oh, we're not doing Trade Machine Tuesday next week. I I refuse. <laughs> Sorry. Might. Hate to break it to you, but you got to give me one week, y'all. <laughs> we need a week. <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right. Chris Paul also spoke today, and he is another player on this squad that people are asking about his future. Let's see what he had to say. I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, you don't play 18 years in this league at a high level and not understand how to adjust and adapt with the game. I, I've been in this NBA a lot longer than some of people been covering it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I remember when the games ended in 80 to 85 scores. You know what I mean? So I don't talk about it too much, but I know this game just about better than anybody. You know what I mean? I put that up against anybody. So um, that's what's not going to change, right? It's my knowledge of the game, and I'm going to keep putting in the work. You know what I mean? So mad at it you hate it that's on you <laughs> fuck it that's on you <laughs> that's a vintage response and i i originally just asked like what what because yeah. he was he had talked about putting in the work this season and because he was asked like you're getting older is it more difficult to put in the work and he was saying no you just do it like i'm blessed to play basketball so i asked him well what was the work like this year 
spending more time off the ball, being in a different role. And he just kind of, I don't even want to say he got defensive. It was more like going out on the offensive because he was like, I'm one of the smartest players to he ever said, play this game. let me tell game. you about myself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he was like, I'm always put in the work. I know this game. Um, and he even said, like, if you hate it, mad at it, like, that's on you. Fuck it. Like, yeah. I was like, okay. Like, I, res I respect that. I feel bad for him because you know that for the, umpteenth time in his career he's had to miss a critical playoff game mm -hmm. multiple playoff games with an injury that has to suck and now his season's over and he didn't even get to have a say in it um that's brutal but yeah. that's also going to factor into okay now what the hell does the Suns do with him it's it's tough and he like da could very well be sold off for additional depth um and his contract might be a little bit trickier to move but it's yeah, not so, impossible either so Break that down for us, just on mm. the basics, basic levels. What does CP's contract kind of look like? Yeah, so next season he makes $30.8 million, and only $15.8 million of it is guaranteed. And I think that guarantee kicks in June 26th, I want to say. so. Right around the corner. Yeah, so they're probably going to need to trade him unless they want to pay him upwards of $31 million for an age 38 point guard who – has shown signs of regression this year. I, I think he did about as good as you could ask a 37-year-old to do, adjust to playing off the ball, being more of a catch-and-shoot guy. But at this stage, the athleticism just isn't quite there anymore. The burst to get to his mid-range shot isn't quite there. Um, and as we saw in the playoffs, like the Suns did okay offensively without him in there as long as they pushed the tempo and Book and KD handled a lot of the playmaking. So I, I think at this point... You look at the sum that he's owed, and and like DA, you have to think we can get, you know, eighty percent, seventy five percent of what Chris Paul brings to the table at a third of the price. And if we can do that, we're going to try and work that out. Yeah, I have a feeling when it comes to Chris Paul um, this off season, there's going to be a lot of shoulda, coulda, woulda conversations, mm. especially going back to some of the the drafts that we've seen in recent years, mm. and that's going to hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, but with Chris Paul on the Suns team, I understand not wanting to pay him that much money. I understand maybe wanting to uh, keep him around, but at a lesser rate. Mm -hmm. And I also understand wanting to move on from him entirely. But that doesn't take away whatsoever his legacy, no. the things he's been able to accomplish throughout his career. It happens to pretty much everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's inevitable. We're yeah. all going to get old. Yeah, We're all going to eventually hit a wall, yep. especially in athletics. It happens faster than anybody can imagine. But yeah. this is definitely something that we'll have many, many conversations about up until June 26, you said? I think 26. but And even probably beyond that. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest. And, and that's an important thing to bring up because we talked about it with Monty and James Jones but it's important to acknowledge that with both DA and Chris Paul as well that like without them we don't have that finals run right. that was so special we Absolutely. don't have last season's 64 year season which obviously ended in calamity but like that season was one of the most fun seasons to cover in this franchise's history are you kidding um, me that literally rejuvenated so this entire state yes like our the, as a fan base like we were in the darkest of days yes mm -hmm. we had the bubble which was kind of cool but like it was nothing in comparison right the bubble to like everything that they provide over the last three years i don't want to get lost in this conversation because right. it feels so heartless to be like well the sons have to move on from him they have to move on from him they have to fire him like 
I get that that's the nature of the business. Like Monty said, it's the NBA economy. Right. Um, but Chris was transformative for this franchise. Uh, he was the first superstar that wanted to come play here with Devin Booker and validated all of the things that we've thought about book for years. Um, and he's part of the reason Kevin Durant followed suit as well. Um, and then DA, like his, his finals run was really something special. Um, and he's always been great to work with and, and to ask questions too. So I don't want that to get lost in all of this, but mm. yeah, from a strictly business standpoint, it might be time for them to move on from one, if not both. Right. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to end on some lighter notes. Yeah, let's do that. Positivity <laughs> that came from the exit interviews. But first, another break. <laughs> uh, tell you guys about Circle K right now. You know I love my friends over at Circle K. Um, I actually got a text this morning from one of my friends, and she was like, I had to stop and get gas at 4 a.m. on my way into work. And who was there on the TV telling me to buy a Polar Pop? <laughs> You were, uh, which is kind of a surreal moment. Like, I know mm -hmm. it's it's silly to say, but it's kind of fun to be on gas station TV. Um, and thanks to our friends over at Circle K for making that dream come true. You are famous now. And they also have a lot of really cool stuff in their store from great gas to all the snacks and drinks that you guys could ever desire. So make sure you check them out. Don't miss out on all the great stuff they have. And right now, if you text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club, you're going to get a buy one, get one free offer on 32 ounce Polar Pops, which are definitely my favorite. So do that. You So can you win an Emmy for a gas station <laughs> ad? Can you be three-time It has winner, been Lindsay submitted. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess that that's not Emmy-worthy. Oh, it I, wasn't my best work. I fully It was disagree. solid, but I don't know if it was my <laughs> best work. You're too hard on yourself, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the funniest thing to win an Emmy for, though. Dude, I wouldn't... Are you kidding me? That would be <laughs> the greatest be thing ever. That Gosh. needs to be on your mantle when you walk into your living room in your so house. That would be so fantastic. That's a great. So anyway, head to circlek.com <laughs> slash door dash locator to find a Circle K near you. Also, I know the sun season is over, but you can still bet on the NBA with the Bet MGM app. Make sure you download it. Sign up today using bonus code PHNX because they've got offers for you guys. And there's a few different ones depending on where you live, but for Arizona, audience you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details and now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. One plus to wager, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Okay, before we dive into all of that stuff, um, the positivity that came from exit interviews, I do want to address some of the comments in the chat. First and foremost, Peyton said, I drew a mustache on Lindsay at the Circle K TV on Buckeye and 48. <laughs> if you don't send me a picture of that, I'm going to be really disappointed because I would absolutely love to see that. Picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, yes. So Frank sent us a super chat, said, Aiden is all false confidence and no performance. What were you saying about positivity again? <laughs> um, no, look, I I could see I could see why you would draw that conclusion. I could see that. I, but yeah. I, I want to disagree. 
I don't even. So I'm going to. I don't even know if false confidence is the right word. Like I said, I feel like he just doesn't understand his game or he's not good at self-evaluating. I think he legitimately thinks that he's having an impact and having dominant performances and it's just not really the case. So I, I don't know. It's that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, Tony, thank you for your comment in the chat said, I know this isn't a super chat, but I just want to say, I wish I had found this channel as an Arizona sports fan earlier in the season, but I'm beyond grateful to have this channel for the sun's off season and the 23, 24 season. Tony, thanks for being here. We're glad you found us as well. Tell yes. all your friends, come back. We'll be here all off season, Monday through Friday, 3 PM shows. Every single day. Mm -hmm. um, some of them will be real heavy. Some of them will be real goofy. Yes. It's a mixed bag <laughs> of emotions over here. So make sure yes. you don't miss out on any of them. And then we have a super chat from Devin as well. And Devin said, goat moment of the season was definitely Gerald and the Rat. <laughs> I agree 100% with you, Devin. That was. Oh, man. That was something. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> rally Rat. <laughs> PHNX Rally Rat. PHNX Rally Rat. He's going to be our he mascot really, next year. He really let us down for game six, though, wherever that Rally Rat is. Well, it's because you kicked him out of your backpack. He was like, bro, take me home. I got I, you. And he, you were like, nah, fam, you can't come. He startled me. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, your fault, Gerald. Everyone blame Gerald. He startled Hashtag me. Hashtag blame Gerald. That's, that's fair. We're back. We've what was the pitch of the scream, Gerald? What? How, like, what was the pitch of your show? Oh, I can't do it with my voice as it currently is, but let's just say I'm glad there were no witnesses to to witness my Yelp because it was, <laughs> it was, it was audible. Uh, I'm mostly mad that you, I'm going to call you a chicken. You're going to call me a chicken. I'm going to call you a chicken. You were being a chicken when we had you on oh video, on live with us. Ma'am. You should have just dumped that bag so we could have all witnessed it together. I'm not going to dump my laptop out on the ground for you the viewer satisfaction. Taken it for the, taken one for the team, Gerald. I don't Gerald. got insurance It's like, like that. you don't even care about us. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was too busy trying to record while also using my other hand to potentially fend off the beast should it leap out at me. I was preoccupied. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, <laughs> United lost one bag. I had a rat in the other. I was going through it. A lot of fine. literal baggage. You would have been able to bounce back. Yeah. Girth Spurners said um, that they think the best moment of the season was the, hey, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really funny, too. Oh, man. <laughs> that was fantastic. Was, hey, Kev. And they say hey, I Kev. don't ask the tough questions. Right? <laughs> okay. Final super chat before we talk about the positivity, which this has been a positive little turn of the show. So I appreciate you guys. Mm -hmm. P-Dog said, oh, gosh, P-Dog, come on. <laughs> Did you miss the memo, P-Dog? We were turning this thing around. Nope. Ishbia must fire Jones. No bench or draft picks. Oh. <sighs> we'll get into that next week. Okay, P-Dog, come back next week. We'll, we'll dive deeper into it, I promise. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but no promises for real for all. Okay. Probably will. A couple guys had some really cool things to say um, during exit interviews. One was Damian Lee. Mm. I enjoyed listening to him talk today because one, he was super nice to all of you guys. He yeah. was very complimentary of um, the media, the fan base, the organization and the opportunities that he got here. And it was just like, He's so easy to root for, especially after what you heard from him today, talking about this being an opportunity for him to like carve his own path, create yeah. his own lane in the NBA, separate from the the big names that he is often tied to within the league. Mm -hmm. And 
I kind of felt bad at the same time, but I'm just glad that he's getting that opportunity and hopefully he continues to get that opportunity, whether it's with the Suns next year or another team next year. But it was cool to hear him talk. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely said he wants to be back. Obviously, he's a free agent this summer. Um, he said he really enjoyed being here, being with the guys. Obviously, he's played with Kevin Durant before, but a lot of the newer guys. Um, and he mentioned Book specifically as someone he wanted to come here and be a role player for. He said role player gets a negative connotation, but mm -hmm. he's a guy that embraces that and likes to think about how can I fit with superstars to help the team win. Yeah. Uh, and he was able to do that here in Phoenix, even with his role kind of diminishing toward the latter part of the season. But he was very proud because he knows what's been said about him during his time with the Warriors as yeah. far as, oh, he's only in the league because Steph Curry's his brother-in-law and all this stupid shit. And he came out and in his first situation away from Curry had a season where he was top five in the NBA in three-point percentage, where he led the league in three-point percentage in the fourth quarter. And these are things that he mentioned specifically because mm -hmm. he's not because he felt he had to like brag or anything like that, but because he was proud of what he accomplished here. Um, and I think that's cool. Like we, we, you know, we've heard the phrase celebrate everything. And um, for a guy like that who comes in on a minimum contract to prove himself and to play well for a winning team, that's big. Mm -hmm. um, and he was great with us in the media all season long. So uh, I wish him well. And I hope that he is back here because he is a useful role player, especially on the type of contract that they're going to need to find guys in that salary range. So, yeah. and then of course, our favorite Jock Landale, yeah. PHNX contributor. <laughs> uh, Jock had some really cool things to say in today's exit interview, which honestly, Jock has been saying a lot of good things lately. Anytime he has yeah. a microphone put in front of his face, <laughs> yeah. he's been pretty solid on the mic. Um, but he talked about the culture and um, just this organization in general. And he had really positive things to say about it, which I'm glad that he did because he was an outsider coming in. So he mm -hmm. had, you know, no car in this race, really. I mean, does he want to be back here next season? Absolutely. He said that 100% he would like to come back. But as far as like needing to, I don't know, help change the narrative or whatever, like he's not a part of that because he wasn't a part of what potentially quote unquote changed last year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for him to come out and have those words and say positive things about the guys in the locker room with him, the organization in general, it speaks volumes in my opinion. Yeah, no, it does. And, and this is a guy that came from, obviously the Spurs were not a good team last year, but right. they, they have that culture um, under Greg Popovich and he came here and, you know, he's literally said this is a city and a fan base and an organization I'd love to be a part of for the mm -hmm. rest of my career if I could. Um, obviously, he's aware of the fact that he's a free agent, that um, the business side will be the business side of things. And that's that that's not necessarily out of his control. But he said he's going to be waiting on that call and hoping that he gets it to come back. Um, and you know, for all the talk about the Suns culture and how they built everything and skip steps and all this stupid shit, like it, it's cool to see a guy who came in, gave his all, started in an elimination game, gave the Suns everything he got. Um, and yeah, obviously he got outplayed by Nikola Jokic. Everyone does. Yeah, well, if you had different but, expectations for him, then that's on you. Right. That's crazy. Um, but I, I, I love what he's brought to the team. I think he would be another guy that you strongly consider bringing back. Um, and having as your backup center next year and, and hopefully fully empowering. I, I think mm -hmm. the switching back and forth between him and Busy uh, did a disservice to both of them in terms yeah. of that backup center spot. I think Jock has a lot more to show 
than what we saw until kind of the playoffs really so it'd, it'd be cool to have him back and it's nice to hear two guys one from who literally won a championship last year with the warriors and one coming from a prestigious organization like the spurs both came to this organization we're like yeah i like it here i like the mm -hmm. guys here i like the way that we approach the gym and i like our culture and that's that's a it may not seem like much coming from role players, but it is a ringing endorsement compared to where we were five years ago when guys wanted to get the hell out as soon as they could. Right. Where it was like, please, for the love of God, someone come save me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trevor Ariza. Oh, God. <laughs> Ugh. Not even going to nope. go off on a tangent there. Nope. But uh, I also really hope Jock is able to come back with the Suns next year. Um, not selfishly, just because we've enjoyed having him join us on the show, but because I think he he did say, too, you know, he felt like this was a really big opportunity for him to prove to the rest of the league and, and mm -hmm. the Suns as well that, you know, he is worthy of being on an NBA team and that he has even more that he can develop and add to his game to contribute to whatever team is able to bring him on. Mm -hmm. um, so I just hope Jock gets to hang out with us in Phoenix again next year. But yes. if not, hopefully he lands in a really good spot where he's able to continue to grow and develop because Jock's a good dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even though I'm really mad at him because he won the vote on Twitter oh, for, for our superpowers super power. yeah. draft, mm -hmm. which we'll get into that later. But that he's was your always going to win the poll. It, no, it was your fault. How was it my fault? It was your fault because... Why? What did we give him first overall when he changed his mind? Omnipotence it was, it was, he or something? He originally went with shape-shifting and then after the draft was over, decided to retroactively change his number one pick Which I did say that he, he could, even though he and Gerald vetoed me three times. He's, but it, he's but the he, NBA player. We're going to let him do whatever But the problem with that is I think we picked <laughs> the wrong word, and I can't remember what the word is that we should have used. Omnipotence, though, means like all-powerful. All yeah. No, it means all-powerful. The word we should have picked was the one that means all-knowing. There were two different words omniscient maybe or something like that mm, okay so we kind of screwed that up that was our fault well i was the but one but i blame that mostly for what he won yeah that wasn't my fault though i didn't say omnipotence i thought he did no i think you did no i'm positive you did i don't think well we have the receipt so we can go back and well, we i can guess look. we will and Gerald, check the tape your fault throwing a challenge flag <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys for joining us on this Friday afternoon. I hope you are starting to feel a little bit better um, from last night's doom and despair that we all had to go through together. Take the weekend, hang out with your friends, hang out with your family. Don't forget to call your mom as well. This is just your reminder here, your friendly reminder. Make sure you call your mom. Um, and then meet us back here on Monday at 3 p.m. And we will dive into even more Suns basketball. Gerald, do you want to take us home? Sure. Last night was Tears of the Valley. This weekend, it's all about Tears of the Kingdom. Enjoy it. <laughs> Unplug. Get away from basketball. Ahoy, ahoy. Never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I'll always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. Always on the job. My team moved like the mob, turn the beat on, I throw it down like DA on the lot. Best combo since KJ.